What do a pooping log, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and a burning effigy of the devil have in common? Christmas. This is Hang Your Hat, Episode 3. It's Christmas all over. This fortnight's episode will be slightly different than the usual episode. You could think of it as a Christmas special. In this episode, I will be doing a top 10 of the weirdest, most unusual Christmas time traditions I could find from all over the world. Before you listen to this episode with the kids, I want you to know that it contains a bit of potty humor, a few scary themes, and references to the imbibing of adult beverages, so please use discretion. Now, without further ado, the Hang Your Hat Christmas Countdown. Number 10, the Ukraine. Once upon a time, there was a widow who lived in a cramped old hut with her children. One day, a pine cone fell on the dirt floor of her hut and began to grow in the soil. The children, who were excited about the possibility of having a Christmas tree, took care of the little seedling all year, and it grew into a fine, tall Christmas tree. Unfortunately, the family was so poor that they couldn't decorate the tree for Christmas, and the widow and children went to bed on Christmas Eve, knowing that they would have a bare tree on Christmas morning. The children wept at the thought, and the spiders in the hut heard their cries. Feeling bad for the children, the spiders decided to decorate the Christmas tree themselves, creating beautiful, silky webs on the trees. When the family woke the next morning, they were amazed at the sight that greeted them. The sun shining on the webs turned them into glittering silver and gold, making the Christmas tree sparkle. From that day forward, the widow never felt poor. Instead, she was always grateful for all the wonderful gifts she already had in life. The legend of the Christmas spider is thought to be where the Ukrainian tradition of decorating Christmas trees with spiders and spider webs comes from. Modern Ukrainian Christmas decorations still include spiders and spider webs, for luck. If you search the web for the Christmas spider, pun totally intended, you will find examples of some truly beautiful Christmas trees that are covered in what looks like spider webs. Number 9, the United States. In the United States, we make up our own Christmas traditions and pretend that it's cultural appropriation. In the 1880s, the Woolworths department store started importing glass Christmas ornaments from Germany. Some of these ornaments were fruits and vegetables, including pickles. Around the same time, a story about the Christmas pickle began circulating in the U.S., stating that the Christmas pickle was an age-old German tradition. The story was that when German families were decorating their Christmas trees, the last ornament to be hung would be the Christmas pickle. The parents would hide it deep within the boughs of the tree on Christmas Eve, and the first child to find the pickle on Christmas morning would get an extra present or a luck for the year, or something like that. The stories were never very explicit about what the pickle prize would be. The problem is that if this was a German legend, the Germans were very good at keeping it a secret from everyone, including themselves. 
More likely, it was invented in the U.S. and likely is a ploy to sell pickle ornaments. I know I have personally seen the mythical German origins of the pickle ornament advertised with every pickle ornament I have ever seen. Number eight, Guatemala. On December 7th in Guatemala, people in town gather their garbage, throw it all onto one big pile, set an effigy of the devil on top, and light the whole thing on fire. It's called La Cuarma de del Diablo, the burning of the devil. The practice started during the colonial period, when the rich people in Guatemala City would light a lantern in preparation for the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Soon after, the poor, who wanted to participate but couldn't afford lanterns, began gathering their trash and setting fire to it as a makeshift lantern. The fire was thought to burn away the devil, purifying the town for Mary's feasts. The modern celebration has evolved into Guatemalans spending the week leading up to December 7th, cleaning out all of the evil that lurks in the dark, dirty, and seldom-swept corners of their homes. And the actual burning of the rubbish and devil seems to be thought of as more of a metaphorical fresh start to the new year rather than a ritual cleansing. The practice may not survive much longer, however. The Guatemalan Ministry of the Environment, as well as other environmental organizations, have been campaigning against the practice because of its environmental impact. It seems that people had started burning anything that they no longer wanted in their houses, including old tires, plastic, and appliances, producing toxic gases. They have suggested the move toward a devil pinata that is not lit on fire. Number seven, Iceland. What happens to people that don't get new clothing for Christmas? In Iceland, they get eaten by a giant demonic cat. Since at least the 19th century, and probably a lot earlier, the fashion-forward Yule Cat has been preying on those that did not get new clothes before Christmas Eve. The story is tied to an Icelandic tradition that those that finished their work on time got new clothes for Christmas. The moral of the story being that if you work hard, you'll be able to get something new and not be devoured. It is a message that seems to have been taken to heart, since Iceland is ranked number nine on the Organization for Economic Cooperation Developments list of countries working the most hours per week. To put that into perspective, the U.S. ranked 16th. There's also a version of the story in which the Yule Cat just eats the food of the clothesless person, but I don't think that has quite the same impact as a giant man-eating cat. Number six, Sweden. If you have ever been to Ikea during the Christmas season, you may have noticed the Christmas decorations that look a bit like reindeer with curved horns. These are, in fact, goats. The Yule Goat is a part of Scandinavian Christmas tradition that may be older than Christmas. The Yule Goat may have originally been associated with Thor, the Norse god. Thor rode around in a chariot pulled by two magic goats that could be killed, eaten, and then brought back to life with Thor's hammer. Modern Yule goats are usually made of straw and are often used as Christmas tree ornaments. But some towns in Sweden erect giant Yule goats in the middle of town. The town of Gavla has been erecting a giant Yule goat on the first day of Advent every year since 1966. The first goat was 43 feet tall and 23 feet long, and it was constructed by the local fire department. Since then, the fire department has constructed the goat in several additional occasions, but that has not been their only involvement with the Yule Goat. 
Since it was originally constructed in 1966, the Yule Goat has been the victim of arson at least 34 times as of the recording of this podcast. And the burning of the goat continues to occur despite increased security, such as CCTV cameras, and the application of fire-retardant chemicals. Some of the weirdest attacks on the goat included its torching during a blizzard in 1998, its 1995 torching by Santas and gingerbread men using flaming arrows, and an attempt to kidnap the goat, get it, kidnap, goat, an attempt to kidnap the goat in 2010 using a helicopter. Some people just want to watch the goat burn. Number five, Japan. Nothing says Christmas like waiting in line for hours for a bucket of fried chicken, at least in Japan. Even though Christmas is fundamentally a Christian religious holiday, it has also become popular as a secular holiday in some countries where Christianity is not widely practiced, like Japan. Christmas started to become more widely celebrated in Japan around the 1970s, just about the same time that the American fast food chain, KFC, or Kentucky Fried Chicken, also established itself in Japan. Noticing that you couldn't find turkey for Christmas dinner in Japan to save your life, KFC launched a marketing campaign in 1974 to make KFC the go-to holiday meal in Japan. And it worked. The Kari Sumasu Niwa Kentucky, or Kentucky for Christmas, marketing campaign worked so well that now families either order their KFC Christmas dinners months in advance or wait in two-hour-long lines to get the finger-licking boxes of Christmas cheer. On a side note, Japan has one other Christmas oddity. The Japanese version of Santa Claus is a Buddhist monk called Hotai Osho, who literally has eyes in the back of his head, the better to watch naughty children. It gives a whole new meaning to the lyrics, he sees you when you're sleeping. Number four, Greece. According to Greek lore, deep underground resides the world tree, or tree of life, that holds up the world and everything in it. For 353 days of the year, the world tree is under attack by the Kilikanzuzari, or evil goblins, that saw down the tree, trying to destroy the world. But for the 12 days of Christmas, the tree gets a reprieve. During the 12 days of Christmas, or winter solstice, the Kalikanzuzari, or Christmas goblins, come to the surface of the earth to terrorize humans instead. When they get to the surface, they act like the belligerent drunk at the bar, intimidating people, knocking over furniture, and urinating in flower beds. Fortunately, there are a few simple ways to protect yourself from the Christmas goblins. The first is to put a colander outside your front door. Apparently, Christmas goblins like to count things, but if they say the number three, which is holy, they will die. So instead, they just count to two over and over. The colander gives the goblin something to count all night, so they'll leave your house alone. To keep them from entering through your fireplace, you could burn smelly old shoes. Or if you don't have smelly old shoes to burn, you could also burn a really big Yule log for 12 days straight. Children who were born on Christmas are at risk of becoming Christmas goblins themselves, and should be bound with garlic to protect them. At the end of the 12 days of Christmas, the Christmas goblins retreat back to their homes in the center of the world, only to find that the world tree has grown back while they were gone, and they set about sawing the tree again 
until the 12 days of Christmas calls them to the surface once again. Number three, Spain. The people of Catalonia, Spain have not one, but two interesting and unusual Christmas traditions. Probably the more famous of the two is the Caganer, which translates to defecator, and nativity scenes in Catalonia, along with the usual statues of Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus, there is another figure, tucked away in the back corner, who has dropped trowel and is doing what comes naturally. Traditionally, the figure is a small man in a red hat with a bare butt and a small brown deposit beneath him. However, modern Kaganers are more varied. They often depict squatting political figures or celebrities. While researching, I found Kaganers of the Queen of England, President Obama, and a recently deceased political despot, as well as Einstein, SpongeBob SquarePants, and Elvis. And guess what? They are available on Amazon. I will link to some in the show notes. Kaganers have been a part of the Catalonian Christmas tradition for about 200 years, but no one seems to know where they came from or why they became part of the nativity scene. Some say that the Kaganer is a symbol of fertility, and a nativity scene without a Kaganer will mean a bad harvest. Some say it is meant to humble the powerful political figures they represent, and still others say it represents the basic equality of all men, since everybody poops. My favorite interpretation is that it represents how we are all unprepared for the appearance of Jesus. The Kaganer is not the only poop-themed Christmas tradition in Catalonia, however. Oh no, there is also the Tio de Nadal, or as I like to call it, the pooping log. On December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, families in Catalonia bring out the pooping log, which has a painted face, two tiny stick legs, a floppy red hat, and a blanket draped across its back to keep it warm and cozy. Every day between the 8th and the 24th, the kids in the family feed the log nuts and dried fruit and other small treats. Then on the 24th, the fun begins. The whole family gathers around the log singing the traditional Tio de Nadal song. I will not sing the traditional song for you, but I will recite a PG version of it for you. It goes, Poop log, poop nuggets, hazelnuts and mato cheese, if you don't poop well, I'll hit you with a stick. Poop log. While the family is singing, they hit the log with sticks until it poops out presents and candy. Once the log releases all of its goodies, it's burned for warmth. I could not figure out how this could possibly work, so I headed over to YouTube to find a video of it. And I happened upon one from Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations Holiday Special featuring Nora Jones and a lot of fart noises that is even better than you can imagine. I'll put a link to it in the show notes because I'm sure you'll want to see it. Number two, Austria. In much of the Alpine regions of Europe, Santa, or St. Nicholas, has a companion, Krampus. Krampus is a horned, hairy, goat-demon hybrid that probably dates back to the pre-Christian period. Some think he is the son of hell from Norse mythology. Krampus comes a-calling on December 5th, or Krampusnacht, or Krampus night, the night before St. Nicholas Day. He comes bearing a bundle of birch twigs, which he uses to beat naughty children, and then he kidnaps the bad kids and takes them back to the underworld. 
From what I can tell, most places don't take Krampus too seriously anymore. He seems more like a comedic figure than a horror figure. But there does seem to be one place that's keeping kids nice through the threat of a very demonic Krampus's retribution. The town of Streia in Austria. There, Krampus is thought to give families a bundle of sticks, which are left on display throughout the year so that the kids don't forget the wrath of Krampus should they misbehave. My favorite Krampus-related activity is the Krampus Loth, or a Krampus Run, which, as far as I can tell, consists of drunken men dressed as Krampus chasing people through the streets. And the number one weird Christmas tradition goes to... Wales! Who likes to perform Christmas-themed epic rap battles while holding a horse's skull on a stick? The Welsh do. Let me start at the beginning with this one, because I went through like five sources before this made any sense at all. So, wassailing is an old tradition where people go door-to-door singing and carrying a bowl of apple cider booze called the wassail bowl. The singers would offer the people at the houses a drink from the wassail bowl in exchange for presents. It's sort of like caroling now, except now the singers are usually the ones offered the drinks rather than the other way around. Mary Lude is a Welsh tradition that developed out of wassailing in the 1800s. It involves a horse's skull on a stick, not a fake paper skull, an actual horse's skull, which is the Mary Lude or Grey Mare as far as I can tell, and teams of men dressed in costume that accompany the horse's skull on its wassailing adventure. Common costumes that the men wear include Punch and Judy, which are an abusive pair of puppets that were popular in the Victorian era. If you don't know what Punch and Judy look like, you should definitely Google them. At night. In the dark. Right before you go to bed by yourself. So the men in the horse's head show up at someone's house or a pub and ask to come in via song. And the people in the house or the pub tell the men in the horse's head that they cannot come in, also via song. Thus ensues an early version of the freestyle rap battle, where each side tries to outdo the other, responding to each other's song. Each side exchanges riddles, challenges, and insults in rhyme, which must also be responded to in rhyme. This exchange keeps going until one or both sides no longer has mad flow. And then the group with the horse head is let into the house or pub, and everyone gets drunk together. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please rate the show or leave a review on iTunes. I'll be back in two weeks with the next episode. If you would like to get in touch in the meantime, especially if you practice one of these Christmas traditions and want to set me straight about anything I got wrong or misunderstood, please send me an email at hangyourhatpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit the website, hangyourhatpodcast.com. The Hang Your Hat Podcast has been brought to you by jerkincrafts.com. You can visit Crafts for DIY, home decor, crafts, tutorials, and more. Merry Christmas!